0: Well, hello, everyone. How you doing? Happy Sunday morning. I uh, trust you're in, you had a good week and everything went well for you. And uh, hey, I'm really excited about sharing the Word of God with you today. Last week, I started a series titled Jesus, the Great Storyteller. And of course, uh, we're studying Jesus's parables. And it's going to take me several months to get through them all. But uh, they are really good, they are really rich and and i'm just i 'm excited about sharing them with you. Hey, if you missed last week, that was the first part in this series, and I went through a lot of introductory information. so if you missed last week 's uh, session, uh, I would like to invite you to go back into our archives and listen to that because there's uh, just a lot of introductory things, things I said about parables in general, and so on and so forth. That it, it would be very helpful to you if you went back and listened to that really before you you proceed any further with the series, uh, but I just can't repeat all that every every week. So uh, listen to that introduction; it'll be helpful to you. And then, and then of course, I trust you enjoy this series on parables. I do want to say this: uh, that uh, just by way of review, just briefly, that a parable is a story or, an, or it's an illustration that draws a comparison between the natural realm and the spiritual realm. And uh, and really, uh, parables will teach us uh, a lot about how the kingdom of God operates. Jesus started a lot of his parables. And again, a parable is just a story. Jesus told a lot of stories. That's why I'm titling this Jesus the Great Storyteller. But he started a, a lot of his parables by saying the kingdom of heaven is like unto. So as we study his parables, we'll learn a lot about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. You could say it either way as far as I'm concerned, but we're going to learn about a lot about the kingdom of heaven as we study Jesus' stories or his his parables that he told. And uh, again, a parable, It's it, it, what it does is it draws a comparison between the natural realm and the spiritual realm. It's, it's a natural story that carries a spiritual meaning to it. And so uh, also, too, the Bible says, and, and I covered this last week in Matthew, the 13th chapter, uh, quoting an Old Testament prophet, it said that, uh, Uh, that Jesus would open his mouth in parables and utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. And so that, I tell you what, that is really, that's a reason in and of itself to study Jesus's parables, because in the parables, we will learn things that um, uh, not only how the kingdom of God operates, but things that had been kept secret from the foundation of the world. So anyway, Studying Jesus' parables. So I want to start today with the first parable that we're going to look at. We didn't cover any parables last week, just introductory material. But uh, today we'll start with the first parable that we're going to cover in this series. And uh, it's the most basic parable that Jesus ever told, the most basic story that he ever told. And uh, as we'll see as we go in here that if you can't understand this one, you won't be able to understand any of the others because it's the most basic one. So let's start with this most basic parable and uh, go to Mark, the fourth chapter. I had asked you last week to read this parable. It's called the Parable of the Sower. Uh, I'd ask you to read it last week in Mark, the fourth chapter. You can also find it in uh, Luke, the eighth chapter. And Matthew, the 13th chapter. So Matthew 13, Mark 4, and Luke 8. So if you have your Bibles there, open them to those three openings. Mark, the 4th chapter, Matthew, the 13th chapter, and Luke, the 8th chapter. And it's important that we read this parable in all three gospel accounts. It's not given in John's gospel account, so, so it's not given there. So we'll read it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know, uh, I've learned this about the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, to get the full picture of what happened in any Bible story, because many of the Bible stories, uh, you know, in Jesus's ministry are recorded in, in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And then some, some of the accounts will cover a certain story and, you know, like two of the writers will cover the story and two won't or three will and one won't or any combination, but uh, but the point is, when you need to, and then there's some uh, stories that Jesus, some events of his life, that just one of the gospel writers records. But the point is, and it's going to bear itself out as we go here through here today. You need to read uh, any of these Bible accounts in. It, 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 these Bible stories, Jesus's life, his ministry—you need to read all f- four gospel accounts, or as many as, as are available, to get the full picture of what went on in that incident. Uh, and, and if you don't, you're going to come up short. It's—it's it's like looking, like one person put it this way: it's like looking at a mountain, and you got four general basic views of a mountain: the northern view, southeast, eastern, and western view of a mountain. And you need to, you know, you don't want to just look at one side of a mountain. You just get that one view. To get the whole picture, you have to look at all four sides, you know. And so it's important, and again, it'll bear itself out as we go to it, whether it's a parable or or a, a story where Jesus healed somebody or whatever. You need to read all four gospel accounts where that story occurs in those gospel accounts Sometimes Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John will cover it. Sometimes, sometimes only one uh, writer will cover a situation, but many times it's covered in uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or whatever. But you need to read it as wherever it's available to get the full picture. So important that you do that. Otherwise, you, you, you come up with, with not the full picture sometimes of what actually happened in, in, a, in a Bible story here, you know, in Jesus' life and ministry in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So anyway, with that being said, Let's go to Mark the fourth chapter and look at this uh, parable. It's known as a parable of the sower. Uh, Mark four, verse one. And again, he, Jesus began to teach by the sea and a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And I'm using the new King James version. The whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his teaching, he said, listen, behold, the sower went out to sow. It's the parable of the sower. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some 30 fold, some 60 and some a 100. And he said said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So there he gives the parable of the sower. And so he told them a story. He told this multitude of people. He told them a story, a parable, and it's a natural story, but it carries spiritual meaning. And uh, it it, it uh, and this one. I mean, it is just just listen carefully because I tell you what, this is really this is really rich here. What we're going to get into, but he gives this natural story to the multitude. Now that's important. He gives it to the multitude, and again, it's a natural story but it, it carries spiritual meaning. But notice this, but when he was alone, now I brought this out last week, but I want to reiterate it. Now, when he was alone, so the crowd has dispersed and now Jesus is alone. And then it says, verse 10 here, those around him, Mark four ten, those around him with the 12 Ask him about the parable. So it wasn't just the 12 disciples that stuck around. It was them, of course, because it says with the 12. But there were others there as well. And I brought this out last week that when the crowds dispersed, uh, anybody could have hung around that wanted the explanation of the parable. Anybody could have hung around that wanted to. It wasn't just the 12, but the vast majority of the crowd dispersed and it said he was he was alone and there were some around him with the 12 the vast majority of the crowd dispersed and as i said last week i want to say it again i've observed this over the many decades with you know groups of people large groups of people whatever size um you know in the many years pastored uh in the church building at summit church Uh and you know I'd be up teaching and then upon occasion once in a while once in a blue moon you know what that means just not not all the time but over 27 years you know a dozen times more or less whatever I I might say hey I'm going to stick around and and uh, and talk a little bit more about the word of God if anybody wants to come down here to the front uh, love to have you otherwise you're dismissed and I dismiss the Congregation and always, without exception, the vast majority of the people would 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 leave. You know, they might stand around for a while, like they usually would, and talk talk to one another in the foyer or whatever. You know, or in the back of the auditorium. But then, you know, they they'd go their way and whatnot. And that, that's fine; nothing wrong with it. But uh, but the vast majority of the people would would be dismissed. But uh, there would be a smaller group. Just, Whatever, a dozen people, give or take, whatever, 20 people, maybe, maybe nine people, just depend on the day, 10, whatever, 10, 11, 12 people, 20 people, whatever. Smaller subset of that larger group would stick around and we'd continue to discuss the Word of God. And, and I, some of the richest things would come out about what I had just spent, you know, 45 minutes on before teaching the, the whole congregation. It's happened. This happened on various occasions over the years. But the point is, is the, uh, uh, the, the vast number of people left, you know, but there were some that would stick around. And I told you last week, if you missed it, go back and listen to it. I call it a, a be a stay after Christian. Be a stay after Christian, and we'll see this as we go. I've always been a stay after the service Christian, and if the if the if the guy is teaching the word of God, if he sticks around to talk more about the Bible, <laughs> I stick around to talk more about the Bible and it's paid like I said last week it's paid rich dividends over the many years. I brought out last week how the Lord has kept me well all these years, never missed a time preaching when I was scheduled to preach something else I could bring out. In all the years of ministry, not one time did I ever lay my head on the pillow at night, not once, wondering if uh, the, the church was going to have enough money to pay its bills. Always had enough money to pay its bills and always had had a good amount left over. Praise God forevermore. Why is that? Well, several reasons. And and I very seldom ever said anything about money. We just receive an, an offering each service. And you know, once in a while, I teach in depth on it a little bit on, on, on giving, but seldom ever. But in all those years, not one time did I ever lay my head on the pillow wondering if we were going to have enough money to pay all pay all the bills, all the all the salaries, all the bills, everything met, and money left over for twenty seven years continues to this hour. Isn't that wonderful? I think it, one of the reasons is, is I was always a stay after Christian. You know, I remember as a, a young boy I went to a youth group, and I remember not that I'm better than anybody else or anything like that. But I remember uh, I would attend the youth group and they'd have a break in between and the kids would go outside, play volleyball. And I like playing volleyball. I'm actually fairly good at it. (laughs) okay at it. But but I was more interested in sticking around and I talked to that youth minister about the word of God. Sometimes I think I annoyed him some uh, (laughs) with it. But the, the vast majority, all in fact, all the kids, You know, I know there's about 50 kids in that group. And and the rest of them went outside to play volleyball. I stuck around. I wanted to discuss the Word of God. You know, I'm talking back when I'm, you know, 16, 15, 16, 17 years old. Now, that doesn't mean I'm any better than them. I just have always been more interested in the Word of God. And it has paid rich dividends. It's, uh, God's kept me well all these years, provided for me financially, and other, and much other things I could say. So be a stay after Christian. All right. Hang on the word of God. And and if the if the guy that's teaching the word of God, your pastor, if he ever sticks around, wants to talk about the word of God after the service is dismissed, you hang around here and listen to whatever he has to say. Okay, just be a stay after Christian. So Jesus had some stay after people here, not just the 12, but whoever wanted to stay. And they got an in-depth explanation of this parable. Wow, isn't that cool? I, You know, that is cool. Just think, stay after and listen to Jesus give an in-depth explanation of what he just said to the multitude. Now, with that being said, we're going to get that explanation too because the Bible records it. So let's get into it and see what Jesus would have said to us if we'd have been there as part of the multitude. He disperses, you know, he dismisses and they, the vast majority of them go, but some of them stuck around, and here's what he had to say, so here's what we'd have heard if we'd have stuck around. Verse 11, Mark 4:11. and he said to them, to you it's been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables. Well, I thank God for the parables, but I like the in-depth explanation afterward. So, Uh, So that seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Okay, so I I like the in-depth explanation. So let's move on here. Verse 13, let's get it. So he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? So there he tells us what I've already iterated. If we don't understand this parable, we're not going to be able to understand any of the others. So most basic parable, let's get it. Verse 14, he says, the sower sows the word. Now, underline that, the sower sows the word. Now, he did not say here, the sower sows money, okay? Now, if you read 2 Corinthians the ninth ninth chapter, you can definitely see there in 2 Corinthians 9, where the giving of money is likened to the sowing of seed. There's no question about that but i want i wanted to say that so you realize here that because in the time in which we live particularly if you follow any of the what's known as the the word of faith movement type preaching and the prosperity type uh, preaching and i believe in prosperity i believe in bible prosperity i do not go along with the hyper prosperity teaching i just you know, that if you put in one dollar, you got, you know, God owes you a hundred and so forth. I it's, I don't want to talk about that now, but I believe in prosperity, but you can, anything could get, get out of whack. And, and much of the prosperity, what you see, the teaching on television and whatnot, a lot of the media is not in line with the Bible. It's what I call hyper prosperity. And it's, it's not right, but there, I tell you what, you, you walk with God, you serve him and, and 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 you be a tither and a giver and all of that. I tell you what, God will—he'll fill you up, run you over. Absolutely, He will. It won't happen overnight. It won't happen by just giving into one offering. But I tell you what, if you're consistent with it over time, God will prosper you. He has me. He will you. That, that's Bible. I just don't go with the hyper hyper stuff anyway. But uh, so I don't. When He says the so or so is the word, put your focus on the Word of God here, not on money. Okay, so it's important here. He's not talking about, because like I said, when you hear sowing, so oftentimes people's minds go to, Christians' minds go to money. And there is is a truth in that, 2 Corinthians 9. But here he's talking about the word. The sower sows the word. Okay, and if you look at uh, Luke, the 8th chapter and the 11th verse, Luke's account of this parable Jesus said, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Now, remember I told you last week that uh, when you're studying a parable, don't put emphasis on every single word in that parable and try to make every word in that parable mean something. Like with the parable of the ten virgins, when we get to that, we'll look at that parable in depth. If you try to make every word in there mean something, you can get yourself, it it can mess up your, (laughs) it can mess, it can mess you up, okay? We'll talk about that parable later on down the road. But, uh, now, but if Jesus tells you what a word means, now that's different, okay? So he doesn't do that in the parable of the ten virgins, but here he does. He says the seed is the word of God. So that's, you need to realize that. He didn't say it was money, he said it is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. So the sower is the one who speaks the word. Right now, I'm the sower. I'm speaking the word of God to you. The seed is the word of God. And the soil, as you study this, now the soil would appear to be people's hearts, people's hearts. So with that in mind, let's move on. Mark 4, verse 15. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, listen to this again. These are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. So there's four groups of people mentioned in this parable. Okay, we're going to look. at Now, it's important you understand that there's four groups of people mentioned in this parable. And we're going to go through now and Jesus is going to break down each group for us, each of the four. The first is the the, by the wayside, by the wayside. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. So he gave the parable. Now he's given us the in-depth explanation. These are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, now notice all four groups, as we're seeing it right now, or we've already seen it, all four uh, uh, groups, Okay. Hear the same word. Okay. The same word is heard by everyone. It's a matter of what kind of a heart type do you have? What, what's the condition of your heart? What are you going to, let me say it another way. What are you going to do with the word that you hear? So here it says, when they hear, now Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Let me just say this. The Bible says in another place in the book of Romans, That faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So it's interesting when a a person hears the Word of God, there's two things that happen immediately. One of two things. Either that person can can grab a hold of that Word and believe it and produce fruit, or uh, Satan can come immediately and steal it. Now, it's important that you understand that because this applies to everybody. When they hear the Word of God, you can either... Uh, uh, you know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. When you hear the word of God, faith presents itself and you have the ability to believe the word that you heard. And when you believe it, you step into faith and then you can produce fruit. But Satan comes immediately and he comes to steal the word. Now I'm going to show you here that Satan can't steal the word from you if you won't let him. Now, Now let's find out how this all works. But know this, that whenever you hear the word of God, Satan is there. He comes immediately to take away the word that's been sown in your heart. He comes to steal that word. He comes to take it away. But you, can, you, you don't have to let him steal it from you. First time I read that in Mark's account, I thought, oh my gosh, you mean Satan can just come and steal the word from me? Well, if you just read it in Mark's account, And you see, I told you, you have to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Now, this parable is not in John, as I said, but you have to read the other accounts, gospel accounts to get the full picture. So if you just read Mark's account, you're going to you're going to come up without the full picture of the story here. You're going to think, well, Satan can just come steal the word of God. What chance do I have? Well, let's read the fullness of it. Let's go to Matthew's account and see what Matthew says about this. Look at this. Matthew 13, 18. Uh, Therefore, hear the parable of the sower when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. okay. now now watch this. I looked up that word understand in the in the Greek text, the original text. I looked in some dictionaries, Bible dictionaries. What does that word mean? It means that word understand means to put something together. It means to consider it. It means to meditate on it. It means to give full attention to it. It means to rightly divide and interpret it. It means to make an effort to find the meaning. It means to study. Uh, And so what this is saying that if anybody hears the word of God and they just hear it and that's where it begins and that's where it ends and the service is over and they talk to their friends and they go to their car to go home to have lunch and they've not taken any any notes they've not marked anything in their bible they just you know if they even bring their bible to church you know they a lot of times folks don't even do that anymore i always told people you know hey i'll just be honest with you i'm going to tell you right now how i feel men bled and died if you study the history of the church men bled and died to get that holy book in your hands least you could do is bring it to church on Sunday either in a book form or on your phone or somehow or another and, and turn in it whether you open your book or scroll on your phone or your laptop or whatever at least we can do is, is, is respect the Bible enough to bring it in some form to church and open it and scroll through it when, the, when, when it's being taught that's just how I feel and that 's a pretty blunt comment, but I think if we don 't do that it 's blunt because I think if we don 't do that we're we 're not respecting. The word of God, we're not respecting the people who bled and died, gave their lives to get that holy book translated into English so we could read it. Uh, let's, let's, let's respect the Bible. Let's respect God, respect the men that God used to get that holy book to us. Let's respect everybody enough here that's responsible for that to at least bring the Bible. I've watched so many Christians, they don't bring their Bibles to church in any form, not in a book, not on a laptop or a phone or anything. And, and they'll sit, they'll listen. And then no more than I'm done preaching, they, they you know, greet their friends. Nothing wrong with that. They leave. They don't think about it again until next week. Well, those are the kind of people that Jesus is talking about here. They have the word stolen from, uh, taken from their heart, stolen from their heart by the devil immediately before they can even get to the back door, out the back door. I used to say before they get to their car, but before they even get out of the church, that word's been stolen from them i've watched multitudes of people fall into this category and it's so sad they sit they, they they'll, they'll listen thank god they're there at the church thank god they're listening at least but there's no note-taking there's they, like i said a lot of them don't bring their bibles they don't open their bibles they don't look at their bible they don't pay, take notes They nothing just sit listen oh that was nice what service is over you know let's get out to the to the restaurant <laughs> We've got wayside Christians. Uh, if you even want to call them Christians, a lot of times, I, well, I've just, I've just seen a lot of that. I've just seen a lot of that. I've seen a lot of people hear the Word of God, and they just, they, they pay no, they pay no, they, they, at least they're there listening to it, but I've just seen a lot of that. They don't make any effort to understand it. They don't make any effort to put it together, to consider it, to meditate on it, to give full attention to it, to rightly divide it, interpret it, make an effort to understand it, to study it. And it's stolen from them. And I tell you what, I've seen this happen. I'd say the vast majority of the Christians that I've dealt with fall in this. Now, of course, if somebody comes to church and they're on there or they hear the word of God, they come to church or they hear the word of God, however they hear it. And and they're an unbeliever. They don't believe on the Lord Jesus. The Bible would call them a sinner. They're lost and undone. They hear the word of God. They pay no mind to it. Of course, that person, they don't get saved, (laughs) you know, and and and. You know, they don't get saved. They hear, there's you know, there's so many people, they hear the word of God, they're aware of the gospel, they've heard the gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, but they've paid no attention to it. You know, they're aware of it, but that's about it. And, and, uh, you know, they hear the word of God, they'll hear uh, uh, somebody preach the gospel message, but they pay no attention to it, really. You know, they'll sit and listen to it, but then they go their way, and before they get two steps away from their chair, so to speak, you know, the devil has stolen that word from them. And they never believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to get saved. Isn't that sad? But this not only applies to unbelievers, but I've watched the vast majority say of believers that have attended Summit Church over the many years fall into this category. They hear the Word of God, but you know, no, there's no, they make no effort to put it together. They make no effort to read it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You know, they listen to me teach it one time and then that's it. But they make no effort beyond that. I'm not trying to put anybody down. Maybe I'm trying to jar you so that you're not a wayside, a wayside person. Okay? Trying to arrest your attention. Sometimes you gotta be a little blunt with people to get their attention. Maybe I've been a little blunt with you. Don't be a wayside Christian. Because if you, if you don't make an effort to understand it, then the Bible says, look here, then it says, and if anyone hears the word of the kingdom, Matthew 13, 19, and does not understand it, I told you what the word understand means, then the wicked one, the devil comes and snatches away that was sown in his heart, and this is the one who receives seed by the wayside. So if you'll make an effort to understand the word of God, and study it and put it first place in your life. The devil cannot come and steal it. Now, isn't that good news? Aren't you glad we read it in Matthew's account and didn't just read it in Mark's account? Now, let's look, look at Luke, the eighth, eighth chapter, to see what Luke has to say about this, 12th verse. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved lest they should believe and be saved. So, you know, if a sinner hears the word of God, the devil's coming to try to get that word of God away from them before they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and get saved. Absolutely. But also you think not only about salvation as it pertains to heaven and hell, but, you know, I, I've already had uh, people attend services over over the years that you know, they're they're saved, all right. They heard the word of God, they 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 grabbed a hold of it, they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, and they were saved. They were Christians, all right. But I'd get up and teach about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and they'd just sit, listen to it, and 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 some of them i would attend in my church for good good long while, and and they'd hear me from time to time teach on the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but. If they ever got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I don't know. And I thank God they were born again, all right. They they had believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. But what happened? They'd hear the word and they'd just listen to it, but they made no effort to really get in to see what the scriptures really have to say about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They paid no more attention to it. They never did get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Same thing's true with, uh, with healing. I, I've seen, I've seen multitudes of people healed by the power of God at Summit, at Summit Christian Church. Thank God for it. But I've seen, I've seen far more people not get healed. And, and there's much I could say about it, many reasons for it. Some reasons of which I don't even know what the, what the reasons are, but one thing I can say, is that a lot of times people sit, they'll hear you teach about healing, but they pay no attention to it. They, they, what I mean by that, they'll just sit, listen to it, but they don't dig into it. They don't try to understand it. They don't meditate the scriptures. They don't make any, they don't come up, talk, ask me questions about it afterward, you know, or, or whoever the preacher might be, you know, or whoever, they make no effort beyond just hearing it. And, uh, and, and, and the devil snatches that word out of their hearts and they stay sick same thing's true about prosperity i believe in prosperity i've taught messages on prosperity and i've seen people over the years they struggle financially and i've taught from the word of god and i've taught the natural side of finances the spiritual side of finances i've taught from from the word of god concerning prosperity and 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 god wants you wants you prosperous financially absolutely and people were you know they they'll listen to it but they they there again they don't they don't pay they don't uh, they don't pay attention to it. they hear it there's a difference between just hearing something and then really paying attention to it. They don't pay attention to it. The devil steals it from them add the word from them and they stay they, they, st- they stay in a, in financial straits in financial problems and it could apply to any any subject. so when we hear the Word of God, we we need to understand it. We, by that I mean we need to pay attention to it. We need to hang on it. You know what I mean? We need to we need to rightly divide it. Put it together. See, we need to take Matthew, Mark, Luke, you know, and put it. And if John has a story in it, take John. But but take all the gospel accounts wherever a story is given in the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Put them together. Study, dig, dig in the Word of God, and 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 put it together. Make an effort to understand it. Consider it. Meditate on it. Give it your full attention. And then the devil can't steal it from you. Amen. Now, and and frankly, let me just say this. You may get be digging in the word of God, digging in the word of God. You still may not understand it all. There's a lot of things in the Bible I don't understand at all yet. I've been studying for four decades. But because I'm still studying whatever the subject is, the devil can't come and steal it away from me because I'm making an effort to try to understand some things about the word of God, see? So the devil can't just come steal the word of God at his will. But I tell you what, you could you could let him steal it from me if you don't make an effort, make an effort. See, you've got to make an effort to, to find out what the word of God is saying. Okay, otherwise you'll be a wayside Christian and I don't want you to be a wayside Christian. Okay. now let's look at the next group here. Let's look at the next group. Mark, the fourth chapter. Uh, verse 16 now he gives the second group and this is the stony ground group the stony ground group he says these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves And so endure only for a time afterward when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Or the King James puts it this way, immediately they are offended. So let me read that again. Likewise, the ones on stony ground. See, he talked about the stony ground in the parable and the story. Now he's given the explanation of it. He said, these are the ones on uh, sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root. They have no root in themselves. They endure only for a time, endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble or they are offended. Now, Let's go to Luke the 8th chapter and hold your place in Mark 4. But let's look at Luke the 8th chapter, verse 13, and see what Luke says about this. But the ones on the rock are those, stony ground or the rock are those, when they hear, receive the word with joy or with gladness and have no root, have no root. Believe for a while, and in time of temptation or trouble or persecution, fall away. Now, this is something that I have seen over the many years as well. As a pastor for nearly, well, really three decades and continue to this present hour. um, I've watched so many people, they'll hear the word of God. Now, we've already talked about the wayside Christians, those by the wayside. There's bunches in that group, but there's bunches in this group, too. Bunches and bunches in this group. They hear the word of God and they immediately receive it with gladness. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Let's talk about salvation for a moment. There's been so many times over the years that I've taught a a salvation message and I make the altar call and people will, I mean, I'm talking people who are there who are lost, sinners. They don't, they've never received Jesus and they hear, oh, yes, boy, that sounds good. I, you know, I, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. And, 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 they, and they walk that aisle when I make the altar call and even say what's known as a sinner's prayer. But then they leave the church that day. And you might even see him come back for a few weeks or even a few months or however long, but not, but, but then you don't see him anymore. And you don't see him and you call him and check on him. And, and, and what happened there? They heard the word, they received it with gladness, but there was no root. And then they fall away. When they start in times of persecution or whatnot, maybe they they get around their friends and they told their friends that you know they received Jesus and they get made fun of or whatever the case. Many things we could say, but 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 there's no root, and they fall away. And in my opinion, these people didn't get saved in the first place. They had a mental experience with Jesus, but not. A root heart experience. And I've seen a lot of this over the years where, like I said, somebody would come up and say a, a sinner's prayer. You know, they heard a message on salvation and, 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 you know, they, they hear, you know, they don't want to go to hell, of course. Who, who does want to go to hell? I, they don't want to go to hell, but they, they, you know, they don't, but they hear that message and they want to, they, they, they want to really, what they want to do is they want to come get their ticket punched so, so they can go to heaven, but they want to keep living like they've been living. When you come to Jesus, you have to change. I should say you get to change, but be that as it may, there'll be a change. Put it that way. But I've watched so many people—they've come, they say a, a "quote unquote" what's known as a sinner's prayer, but they leave the service, and then over over time, you don't see any change in their life. You know, they keep they keep being drunkards, or are 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 sexually per, per, promiscuous, or are foul-mouthed, or, foul mild or you know, whatever you know what I'm talking about, gossip, whatever. And there's no change, and they have no interest in coming back to church, no interest in serving the Lord. Well, I'd say these are, these are you could, you know, and I'm talking about people that came forward and they 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 you know they, you know, supposedly supposedly received Jesus, but I'd say these are stony ground Christians. They received it, they heard the word, immediately received it with gladness, but in the process of time there was there was no root. And, and they fall away. So, so you see that, and, and and I call these people mental assenters. They they've mental they've had a mental experience with Jesus, but but there's been no chain, no real heart change, no root. And then you see this really, you see Christians. I mean, people that are born again, that are saved, that would fall into this group. And you know, I'll get up as a pastor, and over the many years that I would would uh, teach along a certain line or, or, or or whatever on whatever Bible subject or whatever, whatever it is. And, and, and people will hear that and they'll, they'll, yeah, pastor. Oh yeah, that, that's, that's fantastic. that yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. And, and, but, but then, and they'll make a commitment to whatever, whatever it might be. And then, you know, they go down the road with it a ways. And then, you know, (laughs) it gets a little hard, a little tough. And uh, because there was no root, there was no real deep root, rooted commitment to a certain thing. And then, you know, real we'll going go and gets tough time of persecution or whatever. Then the thing they committed to just falls by the wayside, just falls off. These are stony ground Christians. I don't want you to be a stony ground Christian. And these stony ground Christians will immediately receive the word with gladness they'll believe it for a while but then when the going gets tough they fall away you know i i've seen i've seen people here talking about finances i've seen people hear messages on on uh like you know tithing and giving and so on and so forth and they hear that message and Oh yeah, that's great, boy. If I boy if I could give, man, and be a tither and a giver, boy, yeah, that sounds good. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna do that, and, uh, and, and they'll and they'll tithe or give offerings for a while, but then you know things, you know, you know they they they, could, they hit some some financial issues, and the first thing they throw they throw overboard is their tithing and giving, and they stop that well, see, they heard a message on tithing and giving, and they received it with gladness, but then when the going was tough in the financial arena, you know, then they, they believed that tithing and giving message for a while, but then, uh, when, when things got tough, they, they, they'd fall away from it and, and, and give it up. But I could say the same thing about, you know, just about any Bible, a Bible subject. And, uh, and by the way, tithing and giving—that's something you, you do over the long haul, you know, and you're consistent with it, and and then God blesses. But but I've seen so many folks—they'll hear the word of God immediately, receive it with gladness, and, and I've done the, the, this thing myself as well at different times in my life. I've. Uh, you know, particularly, particularly when I was younger, you, you, you hear the, the pastor preach a message and boy, you, you commit to something. Man, you know, I heard that in the Word of God. Boy, I'm going to run with that. And then you, you run, you run a ways with it. And you, you get about a hundred yards down the road and you, you know, you hit, you hit an obstacle, you know, and then, you, you know, you believe for a while and then, and then, and then things aren't going like you, like you thought. And then you, you, uh, uh, throw, throw it a, you know, you, you fall away. Well, if you've done that, just repent, get back up, pick, that, pick the word of God back up. You know, where's the word of God at? Well, it's right wherever you left it. Pick it right back up and just keep on running. The Lord will forgive you. Just go on down the road and produce fruit. But, but uh, So don't be a wayside Christian. Don't be a stony ground Christian. And, uh, and next week what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the thorny Christian and the good ground Christian the thorny Christian and the good ground Christian. And we'll just see how far we get next week. And uh, in that, but I could go on longer now, but I think I've given you enough to think about. We don't want to rush through these parables. We got we got time here, I believe, over the next months. Let's take our time. Let's go through here and uh, not rush things and uh, meditate these things. Think on them. Put them first place in your life. Do not be a wayside Christian. Hear the word of God. Make an effort to understand it, study it, meditate it. Don't let the devil steal it from you, and uh, and don't just receive the word of God with gladness and and uh, and 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 then run with it for a while. Be sure that there's root there. Let the word of God get rooted down on the inside of you, and be a Christian that has depth about you. Okay, and so study this, meditate on it till next week. And next week, then like I said, we'll pick up. We'll talk about the thorny Christian and the good ground Christian. And we'll just go from there as the Lord leads. Hey, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, hey, I want to invite you to repent of your sins and receive him. The Bible says there's a heaven to gain, there's a hell to shun. The only way to miss hell and make heaven is to repent of your sins, call on the name of the Lord Jesus, receive him, and then follow him. And you'll miss hell one day, you'll make heaven when you die, and Jesus will make your life worth living in the meantime. So thanks for joining me today. I'll see you next Sunday. God bless you. Bye-bye.